0: Good morning or good afternoon or good evening depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome back to another episode of the Animus podcast. this is episode four of season three and we are back with another guest We're very very excited to welcome the wonderful mr. JD Tucker from Grendel. This episode was a lot of fun to record we uh, cover a lot of ground we haven't uh, sort of ventured into before which was fun interesting. Uh, we hope you guys like it as well um jd is an absolutely fascinating guy and uh yeah it's very very cool kind of learning about his musical history and his background um as well as sort of discovering how all three of our paths uh, have kind of crossed over the years um unknowingly um yeah i won't i won't give away too much but i hope you guys enjoy the episode uh let us know what you think and without further ado on to the show So Welcome, welcome to Animus. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We've been uh, trying to put this together kind of on and off for uh, I don't know how long now, and we finally got it to happen. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you uh, giving us your time. No worries, no, it's my pleasure. It's cool. So, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I've been good. Yeah, uh, it's been uh, strange times, of course, but apparently it's for everyone. Um, but making the best of it and uh. Yeah, you know, I, I can't say it's bad times. It's uh, been interesting times.
0: Yeah, yeah I think if uh, I think if you try and desperately find the the silver linings, it, it suddenly becomes a lot, a lot easier to handle. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. And also, if you just you know you just adapt, so you see the opportunities where they lie in you know whatever circumstance, and uh, you know best things will come out of it. So uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing all right. So. All things considered.
0: Yeah, no, that's good, that's good. So um, kind of, for the, I guess, for the people that aren't familiar with you, if we just kind of give them a, a top level kind of view of, of who you are.
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm mostly a musician. I've uh, been doing Grendel for 20 years, uh, industrial band. Um, besides that, I'm a producer, um, yeah, doing do a lot of post-production stuff, and also been lecturing for a good few years. Uh, at college level so that pretty much sums up yeah. <laughs>
2: that's cool
0: it's, um, yeah it's I mean I don't, I don't want to jump ahead too far but kind of for me not to not to start blowing smoke already but like I've been a fan for quite some time so, oh, um, so when you and I kind of started talking that was really really cool but then to find out that you'd Correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd lectured at the college that I was at. That is was, true. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the most like the most mind blowing thing. Like when we first started talking, and I was yeah. like, wait a second. I was listening to this dude, and I didn't know if if at any point we'd cross paths. And I'm sure we have, vaguely at some point. But so uh, was that was that at hmm. Bedford College?
1: That was at Bedford College. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I did my uh, set ed over there, you know, in the building opposite. Yeah. Uh, we all the wood woodworking and. Uh, was it the um, aircraft engineering, I think it's, uh, yeah. it's called? Yeah. Um, where well, that's all done. That's where I did my cert ed. And uh, for my placement, I was teaching or lecturing in the uh, uh, music tech department, oh, awesome. the college so uh, yeah it's a small world yeah absolutely i I I, yeah.
3: I I was an associate lecturer at bedford college for like three years so You're kidding I mean, me. no no i was i taught i taught photoshop so it was a very very niche sort of bracket oh, right. but yeah yeah but yeah i just i hadn't i hadn't clocked well uh bedford college alumni sorry john i'm gonna have to <laughs> yeah. push you out the corner
0: <laughs> <laughs> i studied i'm not quite as important but i was still there <laughs> so, so yeah. what,
1: what about for you uh um, You're
3: lecturing, uh, it would have been sort of up to seven years ago. So it was it was all, Oh um, right. Yeah. Yeah, we
1: we not we won't we we across paths then. I was uh, I was lecturing from two thousand fifteen
3: to two thousand sixteen, oh. I think. Cool, yeah. so yeah. So
1: later
3: yeah but yeah it, it must have been sort of like i'm out the door and, and you've turned up did they treat you well mate was it was it oh good? yeah no, I, I loved it I, I really miss
1: it i mean if i had the opportunity to go back there and teach there full time yeah i would definitely do it I, I mean it's one of my favorite places i've worked and uh definitely you know the best music department i've seen yeah by far
3: absolutely yeah. like uh, I'm just trying to think of like who who was running the show over there at the time because we've we've had another we've had an, an illustrator on a guy called David Litchfield who also worked at the college. Yeah. It seems to be it seems to be our running theme now. We're just going to be sort of going through <laughs> my old like. <laughs> <place-backs list. laughs> yeah,
1: honestly, I can't remember. Oh god, who's? I'd have to look back at my files. Uh, I'm terrible with names. No, well. no that's, that's cool. Uh, but... Yeah, not not to cause any offence if he happens to be listening. <laughs> yeah, you know? like like, he's like fucking come on, my name already um but um yeah literally that name was in rings a bell i'm pretty sure he was still working
3: there that's cool i i yeah i, I just think it, what one of the cool things about kind of working in a place like that is you get the opportunity to to work to sort of do the proper nine to five and then have all of your creative stuff and it's completely embraced exactly yeah so yeah so where are you working now what are you what are you doing now i've got at the, oh, right. <laughs> at the very beginning, I was like, I better make sure I turn on my devices was, on. And series like, interjection. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So, yeah, now I'm working full-time uh, freelance. Um, I was living in uh, Florida for a couple of years. Oh, awesome. Uh, I started doing some freelance uh, while working there. Um, came back, you know, whole coronavirus thing was going on. And I thought, well, you know, you can, you can try to fight it and uh, complain that there are no gigs and all that. Uh, or you can adapt, and uh, I I did that. I went um, I went full fo- yeah full time freelance, and uh, it's been working out. I mean, it's it's uh, my my customer base is growing. I'm getting more and more work in, and I think up until about a week or two ago, um, like a week or two ago, I had a, had a like a week of a dry spell and didn't have any work coming in. Otherwise, it's been really steady. So awesome. that's. I think that's probably what I'll be doing um, for the foreseeable future and hopefully getting back to lecturing once uh, the plague is over. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> and I guess as well, for for Grendel, the fact that your skill set is so deeply entrenched in, in production, yeah. I guess that means that even in that you've got plenty of opportunities to use the time rather than being like, ah, no shows, I guess the band's over. I, I'm guessing it's more of a <laughs> opportunity to, to kind of create and, and refine.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's going to be, um, it's, you know, one thing is going to feed the other. It's going to be a bit of back and forth. Um, I mean, I haven't done any any music for my own in a while. In uh, you know, I mean, yeah. so at least since lockdown. Yeah. Because I've I've been so preoccupied with work. Um, but then again, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm so inspired by the work that I get in and the um, production work that I'm doing. Yeah. That there's going to be a point, probably you know, during Christmas time and all of that, when I'll knock out a couple of singles, yeah. and uh, you know get get the ball rolling again. So that's yeah,
0: cool. that's really cool. I think um, like when when everything sort of kicked off, um, a few of the kind of producers and, and engineers we know kind of understandably went into a panic, and then actually yeah. realised that they were going to be a lot busier because <laughs> as you say, kind everyone of rather, is making music. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rather yeah. than kind of fighting it, people just adapt and it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe we can't get together we're like seven, eight people in a studio, but we can still do bits. Um, yeah. And yeah, like the, the handful of producers and stuff I know were just like, yeah, it hasn't stopped. I thought it was <laughs> going to die immediately and I was going to have to like start sh- stacking shelves, but it's just been nonstop, <laughs> um, which is cool. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, like we've, we've talked about it kind of previously, but this idea that, uh, that, like you said you don't necessarily have to to kind of fight it or complain about it you can kind of use it as like actually do you know what maybe we'll 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 change lanes maybe we'll kind of change angles um yeah and yeah just finding finding as much positivity as possible yeah yeah you
1: you definitely got to that's that's key and uh uh i mean like you said especially now you know everyone's being creative and uh you know I think it'd be really interesting to see the way things go after this Mm -hmm. you know whether I mean there's going to be a new normal and um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how people take on everything they're learning because I mean, everyone is well at least people who are being proactive are are learning so much at the moment Um, you know being in lockdown having the time having to adapt Mm -hmm. I think any any moment of hardship is when um, you yeah, you're forced to learn, you're forced to uh, explore, yeah. you know, new, new possibilities. So I think we'll be seeing a really sort of, you know, what we saw in the 80s after, um, you know, especially in the UK with, with the poverty of the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, late 70s, or uh, the turmoil with the, uh, you know, sort of Thatcher and Reagan era, um, you know, people were getting, yeah, at that time forced as well to to adapt and to... Um to see, look for new possibilities. So I think that is happening now in a, in a very unexpected way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be really cool. It's going to you know seeing what happens with all of this.
3: Yeah. without getting too cringy, it's the whole sort of diamonds are formed under pressure thing, but it also it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know obviously I've, I've sort of watched a few interviews with yourself and you talked about sort of the way that your kind of musical journey, we'll probably tell this story in order, but sort of closer to now is more politically influenced. And I don't want to say that there's any sort of benefit to the absolute pandemonium that we've got out there, but the fact (laughs) that it is so crazy, it's got to mean that when you sit down to write lyrics, it's got to be like, this is too easy now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's. I mean, I was talking to somebody recently and, and, um, well... We were talking about, um, yeah, everything that's going on at Mm -hmm. the moment. And it suddenly occurred to me that uh, the album I did a few years ago, um, Age of Disposable Body, Mm -hmm. everything I described on that album, which was... I was kind of looking for the worst-case scenarios. You know, and thinking of what's the worst that can happen? But probably won't. You know, it's probably just beyond what's going to happen. I mean, I think that's always... Um, you know, that's always fascinated me, you know, it's a sort of, uh, post-apocalyptic thing, the sort of cyberpunk theme and all of that. All of that is reality now. It's all happening. And it's, it's fucked. <laughs> um, I, I wrote that as, as fiction. yeah. And, and I mean, it was, it was kind of, I was working with some theories, you know, um, regarding um, the fluctuation of you know, rise and fall of novelty mm-hmm. and the effect that that has on, uh, on human nature. Um, so I was reading a lot about that, and so, same with time we zero, but I delved more into it on um, age of disposable body, and mm-hmm. this stuff is all coming to fruition. Yeah, to fruition. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> almost sounds like the wrong way to describe it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of thinking, where do I go from here? Because you know, probably before I've even released the song, it's.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. Yeah, this was supposed to be a warning. Now it's just a signpost of things that we've seen.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I could write about the same thing. People would be like, "Yeah, we don't. You know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's 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 odd, but it's kind of like um very very strange analogy, but um. I've been watching the kind of early 2000s series *Space* at the moment, right, yeah. Uh, and there's a character in that. There's a character in that that's an artist, yeah. um, and he's like super prolific because he's always unhappy. And then suddenly things start going right in his life, and it's a mess. Like just can't, <laughs> yeah. can't, um, can't, he's got no creativity. Everything's like every time he, you know, tries to put paint on yeah. the canvas. He just draws a blank and then he gets some bad news and suddenly he's <laughs> living again. And it's almost, like, it's almost like with this gold mine of disaster at the moment, it's just like, there's so much to write about. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a terrible thing to be happy about. It's, it's <laughs> one of those things.
3: If we sort out the environment, if like the singularity happens, but AI turns out to be really, really nice, we'd just be sat there like, what are we supposed to do now? Uh, yeah, exactly. Just write jingles for adverts.
1: You know, all the, all the the thing that always worries me is is that the thing you've always been fighting against, you know, the thing that you're always being, you know, horrified by, and all of a sudden, you know, it goes full force, and everything turns out to be great. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, I very much doubt it with the things that are going on in the world right now, but you know, that's always like a fear of mine. Is is like you're angry about something for so many years, and then then it's a, you know, all of a sudden you're like oh, shit, this is totally my thing, you know. So, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. let's let, let's hope we never get that utopia because we'll, we'll, you know, like, any kind of utopia because we're going to be fucked.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's just An, inter- <laughs> an yeah. entire generation of people yeah. making elevator music just sort of like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even happiness is going to get boring. <laughs> so
1: novelty is going to wear off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so kind of leaning into that obviously sort of talking about scary the scary potential futures over the horizon but also maybe having a bit of fun there you mentioned hmm. cyberpunk as a genre our previous episode on this will be about the the new sort of cd project red game are you are you, oh, are you do you sort of play video games still are you aware of cyberpunk? twenty seventy seven? okay that's... I'm, I'm, I'm an
1: old school old school gamer i think yeah. the last time i was gaming was on a uh amiga
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that was a while back. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I do some retro gaming. I mean, old Neo Geo and uh, so, yeah, sort of sixteen bit era stuff. I, I love, but cool. I, then then you know, as soon, as soon as puberty hit for me, I was I was you know wanting to see everything that comes with music. You know, and, and uh,
3: twelve hours a day with a control in the hand can slightly impede that. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I've, I, I tried it and very quickly realised it was detracting from what I truly loved, and I yeah. was just like, right, fuck this, you know. All,
0: cool. so.
3: That is that is serious willpower, and I I applaud that completely. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Yes. Well, one day we'll learn that skill, but today <laughs> it's not that <my> day. <laughs> I've um like there's a few bits and pieces that I've got to kind of get done right now, but there's a a game that's just come out and i've literally made myself a 26 item tick list of things that i have to do before i'm allowed to play video games again that's where i've got to and i'm almost 30 so i think you chose the correct path Uh, so so tell me more about this uh what was it reds uh, oh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, CD Projekt Red is a it's sort of mm. a production house. But they're making uh, a new game called Cyberpunk 2077. If you've seen... Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen trailers
1: for it. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks tempting. I mean, I'm I'm worried about my music production. So <laughs> exactly that. And I think in, in
3: lockdown, it's kind of it's even easier just to be like, I'll just try it and see how the next five years go. I mean, ten <laughs> minutes go. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's just sort of it's leaning into um, it's based off of a tabletop RPG. so. 2020 and it's sort of pulling in all the the visuals from the likes yeah. of yeah, blade runner um and um yeah obviously sort of we talked in the previous episode about how cyberpunk's visuals was all kind of become a bit of a ouroboros it's feeding itself constantly um yeah. yeah so leaning into like say the uh the live action ghost in the shell stuff even though that itself mm. is inspired by other things in the genre so in terms of your connection to cyberpunk then what what's the material that that feeds your interest
1: Oh, uh, um i mean i'm very much into the uh the 80s era you know the sort of first wave of, of cyberpunk yeah. uh, late 70s the 80s um and i really like the 80s version the, the 80s vision of the future you know <laughs> so what what they thought it was going to be like i mean is far cooler than i mean <laughs> no I, I say that i mean what we've got now is brilliant but you know, I mean, there's something really cool about it. Um, uh, but you know, I mean, I'm 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 always very interested. I, I, I think it's interesting to look back in it, and you can still see where things are going because with a lot of what, um, oh, Christ, I always draw blanks on names. <laughs> Everyone knows that about it, yeah. Um Oh, uh, Neuromancer, Neuromancer, yeah. um, author. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's gone. It's like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy. Um, what's it? His, his work has always been so prophetic. Mm. And uh, pretty you know, pretty much everything he's written about and some other authors have written about as well has come to fruition. And I, I think you can still look back at that work and, and get an idea of what might be coming. Yeah. You know, the same with Arthur C. Clarke. I mean he was he was wrong about a lot of stuff but um, he wasn't far off the mark yeah. and uh, I, I still find that fascinating. Um, and the yeah, not only te- te- technology wise but how that technology is going to influence politics or how it is influencing politics and also seeing where um, they were completely off the mark and you yeah, know there, there are certain things that they couldn't have predicted um, such as uh yeah, amazon and Google uh becoming you know, such, such powerful forces mm-hmm. in the world uh you, know, all, you know, corporations like this you they, they they were talking about corporations being you know replacing governments and all of that which in a way is happening and you've got the especially in the US where you've got the sort of that sort of um free reign economy yeah And you've got the government is owned by literally by corporations. Where you've got the FDA and the the the, uh, ATF and all of these all of these different parts of the government are are literally owned by Kellogg's and Nestle and and, you know the prison (laughs) complex and uh, you know I I think a lot of these things just. They got it right, but they couldn't. They couldn't predict how it would happen exactly, and I, I find it really fascinating to look back and and see, you know. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's leaning into that whole like again when you're writing, it's like no, that's got to be one bridge too far. That's got to be too crazy. And then you and then you get there. <laughs> and then you're there, and yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just you just remind me of a post I saw a while ago talking about n- not just sort of big sort of authorities that are leading government policy, but the individuals, the people who get elected talking about um wouldn't it be great if they had sort of the same kind of jackets as say like f1 drivers so you can see the sponsors so you can see who's, exactly, like, paid yeah. to get that person sat there um yeah and big tech obviously is, is huge yeah. and yeah I've, i'm not sure if you have you seen the there's a there's been a, a wave of um documentaries going to netflix about um how social media is driving sort of uh, the social dilemma and things like that
1: yeah, yeah, I, I was. Uh, that's uh, oh, yeah. I, I watched it um, a few weeks ago, yeah. and uh, the next day I got an alarm clock. Uh, <laughs> not using my phone as a lot yeah. anymore because I was. I, I, yeah, I felt so attacked by the whole thing. I was like, I really don't like this because I, I'm. I'm. I'm, you know, I'm being faced with all my own bad behaviours yeah. when it comes to social media and uh, yeah. So I merely got an alarm clock, yeah. um, I, I set uh, limits on, you know, to the timer limits on my phone, mm-hmm. uh, all of these things, you know, they're, they're really good. I mean, they're, you know, they're definitely driving an agenda and I mean, it's an agenda that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, powerful documentaries, definitely. Um, and there were a lot of things that I, I wasn't aware of, um, you know, to, to what extent they, uh drive you know the the uh the the, the to, to what extent they uh look at your behavior the algorithms work i mean I've, I've noticed it increasing uh yesterday i had uh somebody and they they mentioned something in jest and literally two posts after that it appeared it was actually for um it's really it's, it's kind of funny because it was uh, a meme. Literally a meme. It didn't even have text in the post, mm-hmm. so this algorithm is looking at text within a picture. Yep. And it was a meme who said, uh, "Oh, Grindcore, That's a gay dating app, right?" And <laughs> um, and, and and two and two posts after that yep. uh, was the uh, the Grindcore, uh, drums pack from um, a friend, uh, company of a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, popped up as an ad, and I thought well, that's 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 really cool. But then I started thinking. All these Trump memes and, and <laughs> you know all these political memes—they're going to be doing the same. Yeah. And, and, and what, what is being thrown at us, um, you know, by you know, according to all these memes that we share. And I, I made a promise to myself a while back to, um, if I did a political post, not to mention. Uh, anybody's names mm-hmm. you know because everyone would know who i'm talking about anyway yeah. and keep it to an absolute minimum not post you know try not to post uh, political memes because it's going to influence what i see and also what people on my feed see yeah. so and I, I wish everyone would do that you know you can be elaborate you can do elaborated posts about things but i think means in the in a way i mean it's a feel good thing but we need to get we need to get off the feel good factor yeah. And, um, and start elaborating and, or just, just vote, you know, yeah. just, just, just keep track of the news and vote and, and um, you yeah. know, discussion online rarely leads to any solutions. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can maybe, uh, if you're elaborating on something, maybe you can change somebody else's mind but the likelihood is that everyone who's in your bubble is going to have the same opinion anyway and you're just screaming into the void. So. And,
3: and again, the social the, the way that social media works ensures that because you're only going to see yeah. the opinions that you like because they'll be the only ones you interact with. So, yeah, I'd go out of your way to see things that you don't want to see, I think, a lot of the time. And then yeah. the algorithm will feed that to you. So at least you'll get an idea of what exists outside of your little pocket of the universe.
0: Yeah, but I think that kind of... Yeah, that sort of screaming into an echo chamber almost... For people whose opinions maybe lean a little more to the extreme, it almost just makes them dig their heels in yeah. because yeah. they're getting no they're getting no idea of what the other side is kind of feels and thinks and is up to. Yeah. So that when they have a kind of face-to-face interaction or a comment thread argument, it's just so heated. There's no like no no one's on a kind of level headed conversation. It's just people screaming at each other yeah. because suddenly your whole World of you know whichever kind of political party you, you lean towards or whatever kind of whatever your opinions are, suddenly mm. someone comes in and kind of almost bursts that balloon, and it just as I say, rather than it just being a polite chat, it's almost just instantaneously a fight.
2: Yeah,
0: um, yeah, and like, yeah. like you know, I've been I've been guilty of that before. Kind of you know you you immediately get your back up when you see it, a, a kind of differing opinion. Um, yeah, and you shouldn't, but I, I guess it's just being passionate. They it's also, yeah, it's um, tempting. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. sometimes yeah. you're just having a bad day and you just want to shout at someone, so just yeah. roll with it.
1: Yeah. No, I mean it's I I, I think, you know, in, in cases like that, it's it's often better to message the person. I mean, if it's you know because you know, you're dealing with a bubble and all of a sudden somebody rocks up and there and they come up with some Q and on bullshit or something like that. You know, luckily I've I've only had, i encountered it once or twice. And uh in those cases, you know, uh immediately message the person themselves and say said, said, "Hey, uh I didn't expect that coming from you. Um, why? Yeah. And then often they'll they'll say, well, you know, this is this exists in my world. Uh, this is what I've seen, and I'm like, oh, this is what I'm seeing from my yeah my yeah. world. And and you know, I think you can open open up discussion that way, but not in open forum. It's, yeah. it's it's just turns into one big shitstorm. Uh,
3: um, you've got to you've got to take away the audience so to kind of take away that point scoring yeah. mentality. Yeah, the peanut gallery, you know, (laughs) that's, you know.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I've I've got one friend who I know, um, I mean, I respect him as a friend, I respect him dearly. Mm -hmm. I know we have very, very different opinions about things, but you know, he he always keeps to himself online and all of that. And, uh, but you know, occasionally he'll message me and um, you know, (laughs) like literally say, I think you're wrong, and and, and, <laughs> and and I'll be like, no, I'm not. And, 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 and we, you know, we, we we bounce some things back and forth, and it's kind of like, ah, oh, okay. So, I mean, he's lived in Ukraine for a bit of things, and, you know, he's seen things there, and, you know, I still disagree with the guy, but, you know, um, yeah. but occasionally, you know, it's, it's like, I at least have a better understanding of, of where he's coming from and, and the things that he's experienced, because, you know, I mean, just because something counts works for for us in in the West yeah. doesn't mean it'll work for somebody in the east or in especially if you look at some of the places like you know middle America where you know people are living two hours in middle but nowhere I mean yeah. um, you know there's a whole you know Europeans as Europeans will will rock up and, and we'll, we'll see the uh, the gun debate and you know I'm, I'm I'm completely against guns in Europe. There's no need for them. You know, we're fine without them. Yeah. Uh, most of the U.S., absolutely, you know. And and, and even in the middle of the U.S., nobody needs something that you can kill 20 people with in, in two seconds. Yeah. You know, nobody needs that. You know. yeah. uh,
3: um, uh, the the assault rifle argument about, like, it's for protection against what do you think is coming for you? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mars <laughs> attacks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it's for animals, I mean, God. (laughs)
2: Jesus. (laughs) I mean,
1: are you you expecting, like, a herd of buffalo? I mean, what the the fuck? Um, But, you know, I mean, but when it comes to having owning a gun, you know, gun ownership, it's something that you might use for hunting or even for protection, Um, you know, and that's not an AR-15. In the, um, if you're living, you know, if if it's going to take the police, you know, over half an hour to get to your place mm. you know or an hour you know i i can get that i can i can i can understand that but within city limits or uh, any any other situation yeah. you have no fucking need for that so yeah <laughs> so, so, so yeah i mean talking with people who live out in the country and all that you get you know you you, you start appreciating those things more yeah, so,
3: yeah. I, I mean again sort of we're quite we're fortunate where we are. We have amenities available to us. I know that if I if I call nine nine nine, somebody will turn up at some point. That's that's going to happen. But I think yeah, and you're yeah. not going to get a shot for it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I, but I think yeah, a hundred percent. I'm just sort of like yes. Um, but I think yeah, if it's if it's the case that it's about putting the onus back on the people, I think to to defend themselves, I think that highlights a bigger problem, and that conversation needs to be addressed from a from a different angle. But until it is yeah maybe but again it's very difficult for us to weigh in because we're so far disconnected from it as far as I'm concerned right now where I am in this little sleepy town I don't think I need a gun I don't <laughs> think that's uh... <laughs> yeah but again that's yeah. that's my reality and that's my little pocket and that's what I've seen um, so of course that's how I'm going to think but am I yeah. informed to make a broader decision that affects sort of billions of people probably yeah. not but I'd like to chuck my, yeah. my tuppence in <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah no, 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 no. like um you know, as you say, we you know, here in the, here in the UK, we got it, we got it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I'll have Americans who, you know, a lot of Americans who are um, very much um, they they've grown up with 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 the whole Red Scare. Yeah. So anything with word "social" in it scares okay. the shit out. Of them. <laughs> you know, they they immediately see red flags, and uh, you know. Uh, you know the red army marching in and yep. god knows what um and you try to explain to them you know what we have in europe and and you know they'll say, they'll say yeah but you guys pay more taxes no we don't we pay the same amount of tax but they get sent to different things yeah. you know the whole thing of, of police force when we call the, when we call the cops we don't need to worry about them turning up and shooting us um you know uh, which is
3: a kind of a, a big deal let's let's <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: i mean that's not what you want. <laughs> yeah, and and you 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 will literally show them um, how the police work here. You know the sort of de-escalation processes and all of that. Yeah. Um, because you know, I mean, a lot of people in in over there, you know, they're talking about complete defund, uh, de- uh, completely defunding the police and all of that. And you're like, no, you, that doesn't need to happen. I mean, yeah. you, it's just different approaches to things, um, and yeah. getting rid of that, you know, that sort of. Binary thinking about things of so you know either it exists or you have to get completely rid of it. Yeah um that
3: leads that leans back into what you were saying before about the the memes sort of like because the the defund the police movement isn't about completely defunding the police it's about redirecting revenue to the systems in place that can improve the quality of life for everyone so into education into into medical it's not about taking all the money away but then when you get the person sharing the one meme the big headline it's just they just want to take all the money away no more police what the fuck exactly everything's more nuanced so yeah i I just thought it was interesting that your point from before fed beautifully into your point. There.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, yeah these things you know. There's uh, I think with, you know, like you know, like you're saying with with the, the media, you know, people do get very impulsive mm-hmm. with these things. It is, and again that 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 feel good factor of oh, I could shout something and mm-hmm. and I'll feel better. I'll, I'll I'll throw my anger out there and not realizing that you're creating this whole new um, uh, you know endlosome if you if you will yeah. which you know we've seen before in history this is you know nothing good comes out of those things sort of you know final solutions to things and and that that is is scary yeah. you know and um, and yeah i've seen more and more people on online talking about um you know oh bring back the guillotine and and this and that and again i mean probably for a lot of people that is a um uh, you know a feel-good thing you know they're like they're just Screaming into the void, not realizing that there's going to be tons of people who pick up on that, and are like, "Oh yeah, great idea," and and you're you're normalizing, um, you know, these 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 so-called solutions which are are evil. Yeah, Um, and I I think
3: I think party party politics and the idea of sort of just having two containers, say so like, you've got the left, you've got the right, maybe sort of left, right and centrist but if you say sort of like somebody's on the right, it might be the case that they're more into conservative um, sort of keeping things as they are but if they look around them because of the way these brackets work, you will have the person next to them with the guillotine, just like with a very specific sort of person that they want to put under <laughs> that and it's like, oh yeah. hang on <laughs> and, it, and again without having the nuanced conversation yeah like, a, again i i can sort of uh, without going into any particulars because we, we, we don't lean into like too much our our specific sort of thoughts and feelings on these things but no, no. i think it's very easy to say that i'm on the left but uh, again there's going to be people that i'm i'm with that will sort of be more like okay let's let's take down all these structures let's just live as, as free spirits and it's a bit like well no hang on i'd like i like access to like medicine and stuff can we still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. but again, same yeah. day delivery is really yeah. handy yeah i mean like, uh, yeah. you can yeah. chat shit about amazon but i mean i just had uh, i just had some sound like some like sound treatment stuff turn up that i ordered at like midnight last night so yeah i know man yeah. it's not that shit <laughs> and i oh, want, exactly. us, I want to be able to sell the music to somebody i mean we do it for the art that's what we that's what it's of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, but again i just i think this sort of this big headline get behind like catchphrases like i don't know even sort of you got your get Brexit done uh kind of stuff what's the new label yeah. one it's sort of new labor new leadership new labor or something like oh that oh god yeah, yeah. um
1: yeah that's being watered down isn't it but, yeah yeah god um <laughs> but, but <laughs> any- <slogan> that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anything that you can sort of boil down to a full slogan and people's buy-in yeah. is just yelling that slogan like yeah. i mean i'm not i don't sort of saying like maga or anything like that but that kind so, of yeah. that kind yeah. of thing i feel like yeah, so
1: it's, yeah. it's it's shallowness and, and to quote the band coil mm-hmm. uh, constant shallowness needs to leads to evil and Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that that one's always resonated with me, and um, yeah, including when it comes, yeah, when it comes to music as well. You know, you'll have bands that come out and they, they, all their songs are just a slogan. It's it's um, you know, or a bunch of slogans, and that that people, you know, the chorus line of a song. You know, um, I mean, I'm not going to mention any songs because you know I'll be stepping on people's toes, but there, you know, I'm sure you could think of some songs, and and you're, and you're like, yeah, that song is such bullshit. Yeah. and you know there were so many people that have jumped on that bandwagon uh because they want to you they, they're like oh gimmick works i'm just going to do this and you just water down uh the integrity of, of uh, music genre yeah. by doing that i feel so you know it's i think it reflects on anything you know constant shallowness leads to bad things <laughs>
3: <laughs> and i think i think when it comes to like writing There is always going to be that temptation of like, so this is my, again, my very nuanced personal feeling, my interpretation of a broader subject. But if I say it this way, it rhymes. So... (laughs) You've got to have a little bit of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But again, it's just sort of finding that balance between like when you're writing a song, the hook is supposed to be everything. But it's like, are you trying to write a series of hooks? Are you trying to write something to print on a t-shirt or are you trying to tell a story? yeah convey a message and we're gonna have to cycle back around to music at some point how sure how how is your your sort of personal message evolved through the years so where where did you start because you said 20 years that's people change a bit in 20 years What's so in terms of like the amount of time that you've been sort of writing I assume that when you started your initial sort of thing that you're trying to convey and the things you're trying to convey now a bit different oh yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah i was i was 18 when i started so um yeah it was it was all it, it was all angst it was all like teenage angst uh i yeah i look back at the lyrics and i you know that i did back then i'm like this is bullshit this is you know i i had no idea what i was talking about um i i was just going by what sounded cool yeah. um yeah even use of language was rubbish. But, you know, it's got its charm. I mean, you know, you you got a got lot that stuff as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you when you, it's funny, like, I, people say, why are there different phases? And I'm like, well, didn't you have different phases in your life? Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, the, um, you know, throughout the 20s, very very angry and starting to get into, into politics, but not quite getting it yet. So, kind of going by things that I picked up and then, Late 20s was, um, right, fuck it, you know, it, delving into cyberpunk and, and, and a lot of, you know, like drugs and all of that, which was, again, you know, a phase of my life, you yep. know, I mean, you're in your 20s, you want to party hard, and, um, you know, you maybe lose a bit of that anger, but there's still angst because you're confused, because late 20s are, are, are confusing as well. Yeah. Um, and then going into, the, you know, there's a little break, and then going into the 30s, you know, it all, all kind of came together. Um... Yeah, the I think the big change going into the current era mm-hmm. was going back to university and uh, getting into becoming a, a, a reflective practitioner, mm-hmm. and um, also getting into finally getting into philosophy,
2: yeah.
1: uh, which is life changing, uh, and I wish I'd been taught that at school back you know like way back because my life would have panned that very differently i'm sure um yeah for the matter um but yeah so there's, there's definitely been those different phases relating to different parts of my life and uh yeah maybe a bit comparable i mean i sit to a band like over or um you know you see some other artists as well who've gone through different phases where um they've uh, they, uh, they start off young you know, sort of rebellious style, uh, angry, um, and then further down the line, there even the whole style they play changes, and or something like this. there's there's a, a jazz part in the song <laughs> or something like that. I mean, you know, if you're uh, I don't know Ishan or Olver or someone, you know, a band like that. Um, yeah or, or even Celtic Frost I mean at a certain point they were full butt rock didn't they so you know and then, and then and then went back to to doing metal so you know
0: so, you it's know. weird that you mentioned over like they're a they're a band that's I've kind of always known the name of just from my kind of vague teenage years listening to black metal but I never really got mm. into them and then um I saw someone post the the cover of their new album recently and I was like yeah that that doesn't look like a blackmail album and I listened to it and it's just like the chillest sort of electronic kind of synth wave. it's just it's really really good and I was like yeah. that's not the band I thought this was <laughs> but it's no. really good It's it gave me a chance to to get into a band that initially I wouldn't have done when they sounded the way they did kind of in the 90s yeah. um, and it's cool I think I think bands should develop I don't I don't think I know that in especially in kind of heavier music in in kind of metal and more extreme genres there is that kind of idea that like you can't drift you can't kind of change and not that you necessarily can't but people tend to backlash when you change your sound yeah Um, but it's my favorite thing in the world I love it when a band takes a big risk and like sometimes it doesn't pay off um but then other times it does you know Metallica did the Lulu album and are still the biggest band in the world so I mean let's just (laughs) (laughs) it's chill don't worry about it
1: yeah yeah I I think it's becoming more and more acceptable that's that artists do explore and uh, i mean why wouldn't you in an age of spotify and all of that and uh, you know i mean the whole thing of um an artist um you know wanting an artist to stick to one side i mean you want them to you know everyone wants an artist to do like one thing in a way but when people get angry about it i don't get that because it's it's like Fuck it. Listen to a different band for a bit. I mean, if, you, if you don't like this album, just don't listen to it. I mean, you've got access to pretty much all music in the world. Mm-hmm. It's all at your fingertips for a couple of cups of coffee a month. Yeah. You know, for the price of a couple of cups of coffee on Spotify or whatever the fuck. Um, what are you? What are you complaining about? It. Yeah. You know and. I think for artists as well, you know. I think more and more artists are starting to think that way, hmm. and um, yeah, you know, I say, hey, we can explore, we can do things, um, because if you know, if 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 we lose a couple of fans here because of that, you know, sucks. Hmm. But, but they... are we going to keep doing the same thing and be unhappy? And I mean, we have the option now, so
3: yeah. yeah. And I I don't think you need the sort of fairweather fans that are just in it for i want you to be exactly my vision of you it's not yeah. like it's not like your back catalog went anywhere it's just no. you're evolving and and oftentimes a massive genre switch comes with a lot of passion from the band that you won't make yep. that sw- unless unless the band is just following trends um i'm not talking about any band in particular but just in case uh, <laughs> but if it if it's if it's the case that you're genuinely evolving for the music that you love, if you've got a passion for for jazz that's slowly been sort of seeping into your life, getting yeah. to express that is only going to come from a place of love, which means you're going to do it to the best of your ability. So exactly, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you've got to believe one hundred percent in what you're doing, and if and if you don't, then there's no point in doing it. Why why would anyone else
2: believe in
3: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I again in sort of an interview that I I saw with you, you sort of talked about moving away from using samples so in your back catalog there's sort of the the full metal jacket one the um ghost in the shell innocence yeah. quote um which i lo- i loved because it was just that that particular uh voice actor who does that is also he's like one of my favorite he's, he uh, plays a character called alucard in a show called helsing so just sort of hearing that sample oh, out of yeah. nowhere i was like oh, okay awesome <laughs> yeah, like. but again you can you can get people you can get the hooks in for people if you've got kind of that common ground but then Sort of in terms of, from what you were saying, it seemed like that was more of a more of a trope for like the industrial kind of sound. How? Yeah. So the changes that you've made, have you has there been any big leaps like taking away the samples that you've been like, oh, this is a bit risky. I hope it pays off.
1: um Well, I, on the last two albums, I completely dropped any saw wave synths mm-hmm. So any of that sort of rave lead type things or yeah. sound because. At a certain point, like everyone, and so it still is, a lot of people, too many people are using the same sounds. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to look for any kind of instrument I can replace that with yeah. and set myself as a challenge. And also trying to use as much um, sampled old gear. <laughs> so, um, yeah, any kind of emulation, any kind of um, sampling, like, a, say, the fair lights. Mm-hmm the old, uh, the array old sample banks, yeah. You know, I've been using those, um, old drum machines, that kind of thing, but trying to put them in a modern light of day. Yeah. And, and you know, people have been saying, yeah, the, the, the album feels like an era that never existed. You know, it, you're like, oh, this must come from the 90s or the 80s, and you're like, hold on, no, you couldn't have done this in the in the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Um, like oh somebody described it as a false memory implant
2: <laughs> you know it's, it's,
1: yeah. it's, it's got that sense of nostalgia but it's, it's yeah. and the same thing goes for a lot of the synth wave that's going on now or has been for a while um you know you're, you're like oh yeah this really reminds me of the 80s and it's a uh, fuck all like the 80s yeah. music you know it, <laughs> you're, it,
3: you're creating the mandala effect like this is yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing it,
1: yeah so it, i mean the, the that that was kind of the um, the goal for uh, especially Age of Disposable Body. I wanted to go for the late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. wax track sound, yeah. even though it sounds nothing like it. Um, and yeah, I mean by doing so, I started exploring more you know, uh, esoteric sounds mm-hmm. and unusual instrumentation. Uh, I mean the saxophone got a lot of got a lot of feedback on that uh, from um, Seven Nations. Yeah. Um, and that really got got people's attention. It was a gimmick. Uh, I didn't intend it to be, but once I got the whole album together, I was like, "Yeah, this is probably the thing that's going to yeah. Th- people are going to talk about this, and people did. And it'd be, and since then, we have people. We've had people turning up at gigs and during that song, they'll they'll pull out these uh, inflatable saxophones <laughs> and stuff like that. It's got to that point. It's become a gimmick. And yeah, I'm just like, it's just a saxophone, but you know, it's something unusual. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, on the upcoming album, um, I want to yeah delve a bit further into that. Uh, yeah, changing up, even changing up the drums a lot, going getting a little bit more abstract with some some bits. Um, I've been listening to a lot of stuff like Arca, uh, and um, oh, what was the other thing I was uh, something else recently I was listening to, and the the drums were kind of abstracted it almost became like a fluid thing, like, um, more percussive than a driving force. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I thought that was interesting. I'd like to kind of play around a little bit more with that. So, um, but not too much because otherwise people will hate it. So. <laughs> yeah.
3: Just test the waters a bit, but that's exactly. Yeah. That sounds kind of like a, a jazz influence as well then at that stage. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you start working off the grids, um, you know, and in a lot of music, you know, same with, with metal and, and you know, both both dance music, metal, everything. Everyone's working in the door, so everyone's starting to work on this grid and starting yeah. to work to set patterns. And I think the key is now, and I don't think that that is the reason why um, uh, doorless is becoming popular, yeah. working without a computer. And working with um, uh, modular synthesis yeah. is because st- stuff does swing a little bit it, it does become more organic and um, uh, i think it, you can get a lot more drive in that way a lot more emotion once you start doing that so that that's my next goal is to is to start working a little bit more with swing work a little bit off the grid and and uh, try to make music a little bit more uh, yeah, organic.
3: yeah so. i'm guessing for your live show, that's going to be a new and unique challenge. I assume that primarily working with a click currently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you always need that backbone to the music. So the click will always be there. Yeah. Um, but considering we're working as a full band on stage, um, you know, we've got, we've got a drummer, guitarist and a keyboard player and, mm. you know, considering a bass player as well, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's movie, the, the electronic element is becoming more an accompanying thing rather than the um, than, than everything else becoming accompanying, the yeah. Yeah. accompaniment. So I think working in that way will open up some, you know, will open up some doors for us, we'll, some new possibilities, and uh, I, I, that's kind of the way I, I see Olva is they're using electronica as a uh, as an accompanying thing, yeah. and. Um, kind of letting the, their own instruments take over what the what would usually be done electronically, so it has that flow to it. It's nice. So, yeah,
0: that's really cool. It's so, a um, yeah, it's it's very very weird that I like I say I kind of recently got into that that new album that's I think probably a month or so old, and then for you to kind of bring yeah. them up as an example. But I was when I when I listened to that their new album, I was kind of like. There's no, there's, cause the, the only version of that band I knew was like this harsh kind of aggressive sort of black metal band. I was like, there was no way that that was just an <laughs> overnight switch. And yeah, then to kind yeah. of go on the kind of Wikipedia, Wikipedia dive and kind of realize that they went through like a really experimental kind of yeah. avant-garde kind of era. And like, it, it's really, really cool. Like I'm sure for them, it felt like a very natural progression, but for someone that doesn't know the band, it just, just like, oh, that's, that's really different. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's super yeah. Weird. but it's but it's cool as you say it's really really good i think it's really really mm. important to kind of take those i don't want to say leap because not every change that you make has to be this big bold risk but like i definitely think yeah. it is kind of good to it's a little bit cliched but to kind of do what you want follow your heart rather than be like i should probably stick to this formula i should probably stay in this kind of box um, yeah. As I say, coming from the kind of the, the heavier music world, I know that uh, there is quite strong opinions about bands that change their sound or bands that go more commercial. Mm. Um, you know, bands that are all he- all aggressive vocals and then suddenly they're clean vocals. Um, yeah. 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 I, th- I think it's,
1: it's 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 a careful balancing act. Um, you know, I mean, there there are uh, yeah. I think every time a band moves too quickly. Uh, like the, the Blitz in the 80s, um, uh, they were an oi band. And uh, from one album to the next, they went post-punk. And it is probably one of the best post-punk albums that was ever written. It's 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 brilliant. Um, people should definitely check it out. But um, after doing that, they were kind of almost forced to go back to what they were doing before. Yeah. Just doing the sort of chugga-chugga oi-oi stuff. And and it's a real shame, you know. Um, it's a shame that people weren't. I mean, they. they I think they they just moved too quickly.
2: Yeah.
1: If if they would have put maybe put an album in between or something like that, it would have been a nice stepping stone. But they literally one album to the next. Yeah. Went post punk and uh, yeah. Didn't. Have work. you
0: ever heard of uh, as an American band called Hundredth? No. So they were kind of fairly standards sort of late 2000s uh, kind of melodic hardcore kind of it's mm. aggressive but there's melodies um you know most of the vocals are aggressive but there are some cleans kind of thrown in there and then out of the blue i'd never really listened to them because it wasn't my kind of thing and then out of the blue they put out this absolutely gorgeous album that sounds like <sighs> joy division and the cure jamming with gary newman and like it's absolutely just incredible and Mm. everything they've put out since then i've loved and going back to hearing how they were kind of on their first few albums Mm. i'm like there's there is no way this is the same band almost (laughs) to a point where i was like it must just be a new band that you know spotify's (laughs) got the listings confused yeah but yeah that was literally on one album they had breakdowns and double kick and then suddenly it's you know a drum machine and light synths um and I'm, I'm sure for their fan base that was probably like too much, but for me, I'm like I would way rather listen to this new version of the band than the old
2: version. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, it was it was a bit the same with Bring the Horizon, wasn't it? Yeah, Bring me the Horizon. I mean, they, they, the, that first album was uh, like just full
3: on deathcore. Just yeah. Deathcore,
1: yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> you yeah stupid titles and stuff like that. <laughs> and then you know like I mean I kind of caught wind of their you know that first album and I was a bit like eh. Not my thing. And uh, the second album, you know, like when they started, I was still like, yeah, not really my thing. But, you know, it's, um, it, I, I could appreciate it a lot more, you know, like musically. Yeah. Um, and the same thing was like, like is this, are these the same guys? You know, it's. Uh, uh,
3: yeah. They're a weird band in the fact that they they always get kicked back because their changes are quite aggressive sort of genre switches. But you can mm. basically set your watch to them for the. Um, for the, the scene as a whole. They do something, oh. everyone else is like, oh yes, that's the new thing, I'll do that then. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and again, no, exactly. that kind of goes back to this idea like either you're leading with the music that you want to create or hmm. you're following the trend. And I find that the bands that follow don't have the same longevity. Um,
2: no.
3: Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, they're they're an interesting band hmm. and they, they're definitely... They're nice people as well which well, they are now anyway uh, <laughs> All right. but, you know, um yeah which i think which i think kind of makes it uh, just from an observatory point of view interesting to watch what they're up to again because then you can be like oh that's what everyone else is going to do next as well yeah um, i was just wondering when um sort of when you've brought in new influences so we've talked about sort of industrial rave i know that you've had hmm. some sort of more traditional metal influences feed in as well have you found that you've picked up different audiences and has that influenced you at all in that process
0: yeah
1: yeah um since we've become more guitar based um we've had certain gigs where the audience has all of a sudden been um predominantly Which is really interesting. I mean, we we did two tours in the US uh, consecutively yeah. in uh, two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen. Yeah. And two thousand eighteen, I started seeing you know so front row, you'd see um, you'd see more. I'd noticed more metalheads, and then uh, we came back in two thousand yeah you know, last year. And, and um, I'm trying to think where it was. I think it was Salt Lake City, and it was, I, I dare say, 80% metal, yeah. all of a sudden. And I was like, this is a massive change. Um, I, th- I think a lot of, you know, or, or quite a few of the um, sort of industrial purists or whatever you want to call it, you know, these people that just want, you know, a dude with a laptop in the corner and a guy screaming his heart <laughs> Yeah. you know. Um, they kind of, they, they, you know, they, they're continuing with the bands that did that, you know, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, we had yeah, some people say, "Well, oh no, you've got a drummer now, you've got a guitarist, you're, you're a rock band. Uh, we're, we're not, we're not into this." It's like, well, you know, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope you had fun, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, th- I, th- I think the audience that, that is receptive to uh, to more organic music and, uh, and more actual live music. Um, is you know they're up for everything that that entails, yeah. and really- uh, you can have a little bit of banter with them, and 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 you know you, you can you can uh, they they don't mind if uh, if you overplay a song and all of a sudden go into something else, or yeah. you know it's it, you know they're up for they're up for for a laugh, and that's that's what I want definitely. So I you know that, that frees things up a bit for me as well that we can say okay we're going to. Um, elaborate on our songs live. Uh, you know, people will be receptive that they do sound different live, which, again, is something that people criticise. They said, oh, it wasn't exactly the same as on the album. Well, fuck no, it isn't because we're playing it live. <laughs> we, couldn't,
3: <laughs> we couldn't even imagine that kind of pressure. Just, no, yeah. no. And it was sucking
1: the fun out of it after a while, you know, yeah. when, you, when you couldn't do anything else other than exactly what was on the album because that, people were like, this is what we know. We just want this. Yeah. And and yeah, you, you, as, a, as a band, you want to expand and
0: collaborate so it's interesting that you you kind of said that as you got less aggressive with the music your audience got more metal because when i first got into you guys it was kind of as i was getting into more extreme music oh. so so I, I came kind of to your music from the perspective of someone that was getting into metal not someone that really listened to industrial music um and yeah it's kind of interesting because at the time I thought this was like the heaviest shit I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> so so it's kind of weird that you would say that kind of, you know, 10 15 years down the line suddenly there's more like Slayer t-shirts in the audience. That's just crazy. But it's cool though. I
1: think the um the kind of metal audience we are reaching though is, is the the kind of fringe. Yeah. The uh you know, so I mean I'll see everything from like a Mysticum t-shirt to uh to like Over or um I mean even people who, who used to be in stuff like Oceans and things like that you know where, where you kind of got that overlap between electronica and, and metal or experimental metal um, uh, or yeah there's bands like Year of No Light and um, uh, yeah. where, where, where they, they're, they're mixing genres up and seeing, seeing more people you know who are into those sort of uh, fringe groups yeah. Up, so. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's weird now, kind of like at least when when I was kind of growing up, metal was always like the sort of on the edges. It didn't matter how big the bands were, even if they were playing to you know thousands of people and they were selling gold records, it was still a very mm. kind of hushed away thing. Whereas now I think it's sort of being alternative isn't really alternative anymore. Now that sounds very edgy to <laughs> no. say, but, but but it's 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 not that weird to see where choose my words carefully but regular dressed people at metal <laughs> shows people that probably yeah. just have day day jobs maybe don't have the tattoos long hair and a beard and piercings like you would kind of expect 10-15 years ago um, yeah. and now like at least you know we're very lucky in the UK that mainstream radio plays heavy bands and like okay mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't play loads but it's still not that weird to hear you know breakdowns or low tune guitars on radio one which you know when i was 15 16 would have been the most mind-blowing thing in the world and now it's just kind of yeah that's just that's what it is um and not just on the kind of you know specifically like the radio one rock show but also just during the day during like drive time radio suddenly someone's playing like an eight string guitar tune to drop whatever and you're like hang on a second they were playing adele like two songs ago (laughs) yeah
1: and 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 how um I I, I I started listening to or started listening. I heard a couple of songs um, by the new uh, lineup of of
3: Slaves. And just just to check, which UK or US?
1: Oh yeah, right, the, the US one. <laughs> yeah, uh, with the new singer, not the old one. Yeah, cool. um, yeah, that's an important <laughs> emphasis. Uh, yeah, something important to emphasise. Uh, <laughs> but yeah because i mean i thought oh a new singer great i'll, I'll start listening to them. yeah um and um yeah and, and then actually i did check out some of the old stuff i was like this is good but i'm not going to listen to it too much <laughs> but um but yeah no, uh, i thought it was really interesting because i mean essentially it's straight up pop i mean there, there, there's there's no question about it it is radio friendly pop yeah. but with down tuned guitars and, and, and a little bit of breakdowns and 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 you, but then you see the guys themselves and you know, they're all so pretty boys and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, it's weird, I mean like you say, coming from a place where it's always been like a bit grimy and dirty and, yeah. you know, the, the, ve- the venues that I went to see bands in when I was a teenager, you know, there were sticky floors and, you know the, you went home smelling of beer and cigarettes and, and, and now everything just seems so clean cut and, and um, friendly yeah family friendly <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah i mean there's no da- the, the 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 element of of uh danger seems to be taken out of a lot of it um yeah i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna rag on the kids you know but, <laughs> you know, but yeah it's it, it is a little weird and also you know you see dudes with thorn like metal style yeah album yeah. Arts. Yeah. Sleeves and 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 you know they'll be rocking out to uh, fuck it I mean Adele or whatever you know yeah almost um, and listening just to hip hop you know it's it's you know hip hop is is like you know you, you go for the the metal aesthetic and uh, but then you'll be listening to Lil Yachty I don't know I mean it's it's I I I'm you know I'm trying to get used to it you, you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's the lines
0: yeah. have definitely blurred I think it was yeah. yeah yeah I think kind of more recently the the idea that. You know, alternative people live in this corner and the normal people live in this corner like now it's kind of like like you say like the kind of people that probably would have picked on me for having long hair in school now have full sleeves and hand tattoos and it's like but they still don't listen to rock music but they yeah. they've kind of got that alternative look that you know a decade ago would have been weird um, yeah but yeah. I think I think it's good I think it's I
1: oh th- yeah it's, it's a good look I mean <laughs> you know, making it, like, it work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think you've, you've got sort of big icons in the sort of. So you've got people like Post Malone, who's kind of big pop artist coming from a SoundCloud rap scene, but also he is a metalhead in his spare time. You've got Billie Eilish, who's got a lot of the like anime aesthetic, and then she's got. Um, yeah, she's sort of got influences from from geek culture more than anything else and you are at like mm. these are the these are the like titans of the pop genre right now what you what would broadly but especially for like hardcore like Gribos, hardcore people into either their industrial or mm. into their metal they'd be like this is these are the normies why are the normies starting <laughs> to look and sound like us what's happening <laughs> Yeah, it's and, just... we, I, I, and we've been ye-
1: yelled at them, yeah. You know, by the yeah, we've been yelled at for years. You know, it's it's, it's, it's like you know, oh, you're yeah, oh, yeah. 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 a and, and and then all of a sudden, was, you know, uh, yeah, I always feel tempted to kind of start yelling at them. <laughs> you know, like you're a you've got But
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it has been strange. I think I think yeah.
3: specifically just sort of growing up in in the last sort of. 30, 40 years is it's been the case that things that were sort of previously shunned, it's kind of we go back to the advantages of of things like social media where you Mm. find out that you're not actually in a a totally a, a small fringe group. As soon as you get access to the rest of the world, it's like let's say say you're into like industrial, like hardcore rave, and you're the only person in your town, you're like, I must be the only person in the world. And then you get access to the internet and it's like, oh shit. No, I yeah. am not alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And if
1: you're and if you're a goth, you, you totally ignore that other person. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> You don't yeah. acknowledge them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think that's I think I think that's one thing that we've missed out on is again, sort of your audience as as you were describing, sort of going from from again, sort of the industrial background to the metal more side of things. Its trench coats should be sort of carrying through that perfectly, but then you've got, <laughs> people, <laughs> but then you've got people turning up sort of in in top man garb, and it's just a bit like, well, hang on, there was a dress code.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's, it's it's. I mean, I know I've been mentioning like the metalheads a lot, but but it's uh, it's. it's been it's been all over. We we, we draw from uh, from you know all all walks of life these days, and uh, you know I, th- I think yeah, you know, like we have been talking about, it's cool that people are uh crossing over you know like everything is acceptable the the there is no there's almost no underground anymore yeah. you know that that's just gone it's everyone has an opportunity now as long as you've got the know-how and probably the pr agent um, you know uh it's yeah it's it, it's it's cool you know everything's open there yeah yeah
3: I was just thinking everything's cool with the right marketing team as long as as long as you've got people getting the the big logos on things then yeah you'll be all right
0: exactly yeah i think it's cool how like like you say like there is kind of no underground now like you can have bands that maybe kind of on their own words you know play to a club maybe like a couple of hundred people but then Mm. they'd be perfectly it would make perfect sense for them to be like opening on a bill at like a huge theater or an arena and have people singing their songs back to them because even though they're a small band in their own right, they've got a Mm. single on Spotify that's got like 10 million plays. Yeah. Um, And I was going to say like, Mikey, you mentioned um, the idea of not being, not being the only person in your, like thinking you're the only person, but then getting access to the rest of the world. Like, it's very cool finding, small independent bands on spotify and realizing that they have millions of plays because they've actually got this secret audience that you didn't know about um Mm. yeah i think uh yeah i think that the music industry although from a financial sense i think a lot of people are kind of rag on it a little bit and and get quite down in the dumps i think it's actually where music is now and where kind of art is i think it's really really positive Mm. um the the access to not only the tools but also as you say the audience, like you can, you know, you can be um, not an overnight sensation in the sort of pop star sense, but you can kind of put one song out and then suddenly that's it. Your career's kind of laid out for you because you've suddenly got yeah. this audience of a hundred billion people, yeah. um, and then you can show them the rest of your art. It's yeah, it's really really cool. You yeah, sound like a um, man. No 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 no. It's
1: uh, yeah, I was. But yes, it is, it is really cool. Um, the only pitfall I can think of with, with all of this is that uh, the way Spotify and all these, um, you know, these music sharing or these, these uh, streaming sites are set up is that you have your top tracks and that needs to go. That's the only thing that needs to change at this point is because bands cannot change. Um, or it becomes very difficult for bands to promote their music because of just that list at the top. Once you've made uh, an album or a song that is really popular, um, it ends up in that top list. And if you've got one, beyond that point, you're almost fucked unless your next album, does, you know, you really pump shitload of money into it. You you get everyone to pre-save it. Um, you have to put so much work into it, and it's not fair on. I don't believe it's fair on the artists. I think that that, that top list needs to go. If people play, uh, if people have never heard you before, it should lead uh, people directly to the most recent release. Yeah. Uh, and the way it's set up now is is totally. I don't I don't see how it's working in, an art, in, in the favor of the artists. Uh, and that's something that I hear from a lot of other people and myself, I'm very frustrated about. Um, when people click Grendel, the first thing they hear is an album from 2007, for instance. Yeah. And, which doesn't represent at all what we're working on now, and makes our work right now futile, almost, for, to, to gain a new audience. So, that that I think that is the last thing that, once that changes, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of artists can can then do a lot better
3: for themselves. So, yeah. I, I I never really thought about it in that way, but it, you sort of it's not so much that you start living in your own shadow, but you have to kind of get up to the same position while the platform is actively pumping your audience into to this one location for a previous track. And if yeah. you succeed, if you surpass your previous track now you've got two tracks you've got to get over <laughs> yeah and, and it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah you reach a
1: point where where you're just not going to get over that era yeah well you know like that, that those like you say like those tracks that are built up um unless you really start pushing the boundaries and uh you like I don't know I mean they're are bands that that buy on to big tours yeah and that costs so much money that most people can't afford to do that. Um, you know, whether it be taking time of work or, or, you know, just merely buying on. So you kind of, uh, you know, a lot of artists will be fucked. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think that is really problematic, and especially in times where you're already being, you know, which can be demotivating. Like you were saying, a lot of people uh, complain about the the uh, streaming revenue going down. Um, yeah, you know, if those are your top tracks, uh, after a while people are going to get tired of those. They stop listening to them. They're not listening to the new stuff. You fizzle out. There's more chance of you you losing money that way. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, things definitely need to be need to change yeah. when when it comes to that because there are so many possibilities out there. Yeah. You know?
3: Uh, like in terms of i think in our time we've only really been offered one or two buy-ons but just the figures that got waved around yeah were horrifying i think from the outside you don't really understand you're talking thousands of pounds to go on a week tour um mm. and yeah it's it's kind of we the way that our band is working we we don't we don't play that often we're very much we have our day jobs we occasionally put out some music so we're in a position where we have we are spending more time in office jobs so we have a bit more disposable income than a band that is touring and living off slinging t-shirts but the idea that there's going to be an additional cost associated even with the opportunity of selling the t-shirts there's a lot of pitfalls in the industry that sort of feed on the bands and we were talking about where we are now sort of the fact that people are going to be producing more music at home refining their skills and creating their own new business models Mm. there is a massive advantage in the fact that people are going to get away from the kind of the more ravenous side of the uh of the industry that is the band is the product and you're feeding off that and you're not yeah. really interested in whether or not the band makes the money so again you got to yeah. work with the platforms and the difficulties with streaming sites and things like that but if you can find your own release model that's truly independent from that yeah opportunities are now rife so i guess my, yeah. qu- my question yeah. to you then is what is if we if we stay in this position where gigs aren't available for twelve months or so, not at least not on the same scale, do you have a plan in place? Obviously, there might be stuff you can't share, but do you have like an idea of what Grendel might look like in over the next two years?
1: Um, I mean, that's a very good question. I mean, I've I've really been uh, you know when the um, the whole pandemic thing happened. Uh, I just kind of went in survival mode and uh, shifted my attention to the production mm-hmm. side of things. Um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm only just, you know, only just now starting to think, okay, where am I going to take things with Grendel? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to release. Uh, you know, I don't think there's much point in releasing an album at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, but folks, rather focusing on singles, live performances. I, yeah, I thought about the um, the option of uh, streaming yeah. you know, a gig, and we will record our parts separately. I often find find it's uh, really underwhelming. I find, you know these these um, Live stream gigs where everyone's sitting in a room and just kind of playing their parts, yeah. you know, the living room and all of that. Uh, that's the way we would have to do it because, you know, I'm, I'm in Scotland, they're in the US and Canada. Mm-hmm. So we'd all be standing in our own spaces. And I, I just find that so underwhelming. Uh, and I want, you know, I always want to present the bands on a stage because we feed off each other. Yeah. And if you're recording, essentially recording your parts separately, there's no chemistry. And I just don't see the point. Um, but we will be doing. Sorry,
3: All I was going to say is people have already got the opportunity to hit sit down and hear the the sort of individually recorded bit with more production, etc. Just go listen to the album. It's there. Yeah. It's there and available to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of defeats the whole purpose of a live show. Yeah. Um, we're doing some live shows though in um, May. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. Cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah, at this point, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're doing a number of UK shows and uh, one show in Germany. And in Germany, they've, they've been doing a lot of festival shows, but everyone's sort of sitting down at tables or you know, sort of divvied up. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it's probably still like a pissing section in the swimming pool, but <laughs> uh, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. But you know, it is what it is. At least we're on stage, we'll say. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, shows shows are, like, are going to happen again, yeah. you know, for, for us, but it's probably going to be, um, you know, dotted around yeah, here and there, you yeah. know, and I, I, at the moment, I'd also rather not be doing too many shows. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in areas where numbers are rising again, I think from a moral standpoint, um, I don't feel comfortable with it. We've got an offer to play uh, Russia, for instance, and, uh, you know, I, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. But, um, yeah, I mean, that means excessive traveling and uh, especially to an area where numbers are going up, even though, you know, the, there's, that's up for debate, you know, because of what the government says and what actually is happening. Um, yeah, right. There, there, goes my opportunity to get that visa. They're never going to to <laughs> after hearing that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think for most people, it's better to wait. It's, it's it's not worth it right now. You know, we can wait for our gigs uh, if we, you know, if things are bad, and then we can have the best of the world after. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It is it is it is one of those things where again, sort of the idea of if you're actively pulling people together into a place, it's. If anything does happen, you kind of would have to. You'd feel the responsibility of that. Exactly. But on the on, yeah. the on the flip side, as a musician and as just a fan of music, I fucking miss gigs, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, God, I I miss the social side of
1: it. Yeah. I mean, I moved. I moved to Glasgow um, in April, and. You know, I mean, usually you go to a city, you go to a couple of shows. I mean, luckily, I already know a bunch of people here and you know, met up and met friends of friends and things like that, you know, because we go on hikes and stuff like that, oh, cool. which is the perfect thing to do in times like these, absolutely. Um, yeah, but it's still not the same. I mean, you're not going to a gig, you're not meeting like a bunch of new people, you know, you're, you're not macking on birds, you know, you're not, you're not <laughs> you know, it's you, 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 all the things that you usually do, the sweaty hallways, you know, yeah, um. It's it, you know, wherever where people are sort of squeezing past each other, you're spilling beers, and yeah, you know, all these little things. You know, get, getting a um, you know a cheeky kebab on the way on the way home. I mean, all these things that you took for granted before yeah. just aren't there now. And and I, I really miss that kind of like social um, you know messy side of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean the live music as well. You know, the the <laughs> That's, feel, that's the, a factor somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: After the bad, when I yeah. can be bothered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but,
1: but yeah, the yeah, other performing and, and 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 seeing gigs, uh that that side, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely
3: missed I, I just pray we don't take it for granted when we get it back. I think we have to we have to appreciate it when it happens because it yeah. it was pretty fucking great. I don't, I don't want to be the case that. I don't know, I listen back to this episode in 20 years time and go like, oh, yeah, shit, it is a big deal. I thought, yeah, (laughs) I thought it was just, I just like a kebab being handed to me by the nice Android lady who who dispenses it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 While you dodge the totalitarian uh, (laughs) governments and, uh, (laughs) you know exactly I just have to run home to, me, to make the the 10pm the 10, 10 lockdown curfew you know, yeah, for, yeah <laughs> curfew for, you know not get shot you know so. nobody remembers why
3: the uh, virus only comes out at 10 every night but we all make sure that we go home we're kept safe yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah
3: they're definitely <laughs> Yeah, we joke now, but again, in 20 years' time, it'd be like, yes, no, viruses every night from 10 o'clock. Keep your people safe. Keep your family safe. If anyone is outside past 10 o'clock, let us know. We're here to protect you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right, man, so kind of before we wrap it up, I guess if we, uh, where can people find you if they want to get into your music, if they want to follow kind of what you're up to, um, these potential gigs that might maybe happen one day?
1: Right, yeah, that's going to be in May that we're playing the uh, audio, no, Ivory Blacks in Glasgow.
2: I love Ivory Blacks! (laughs) Oh, right, yeah, Yeah. me too. Yeah,
1: Um, uh, We're playing there on the
2: 19th, I believe,
1: if I'm not mistaken. People can check all our dates on our Facebook. Um, If people just look up Grendel, it'll pop up, I think, first thing. Awesome. and I mean, there, there are two bands, there are two bands called Brendel. We're the, we're the Handsome Ones, so, you know. That is what I've um, heard, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. and um, let's see, uh, we're playing uh, Manchester after that, and we're playing London on the 21st, I believe. Uh, so Manchester's Night people, um, and London is going to be a lecture works, I believe. Awesome. If it still exists, I hope so. so <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's also a very <laughs> real thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's another shout out if people want to help out the Electraworks in London, uh, which is, it's been such an important venue for London music and alternative alternative music. Uh, there is a, um, a charity or a, like a crowdfund thing going. Uh, If they look on the uh, ElectroWorks page, on the SlimeLight page, uh, they'll be able to find that and uh, they can make a donation.
0: That's cool. I'll make sure that goes in the uh, the show notes as well so people can find the link. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and otherwise, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all the things, you know, we're on there. Just look up Grendel and... uh, Look for the handsome one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Rickards. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Cool. Thanks so yeah. much for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad we. Uh, I'm glad we got this Pleasure. together after I don't know how many attempts. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been one. It's been one of those yeah. years where right? it doesn't seem to matter what you plan. Something changes. Even if you're like, no, this will definitely go ahead. <laughs> this is definitely going to happen at this time. And then it's like, oh wait, no, no, it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go with the flow.
2: Absolutely.
3: Yes, yeah. Yeah. And again, that's that's pretty much the advice for riding the rest of this out. Just just make it work for you rather than being like this is happening to me yeah, again yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> stunning well thank you very much uh, I've had a blast thank you very much for coming to hang yeah, out yeah same here yeah it's been a
1: real pleasure awesome yeah thanks guys and um yeah well, let's stay in touch and um, yeah thanks everyone for listening
0: stunning peace and that's a wrap thank you so much to JD for sitting down with us this week uh, the episode was a blast to record and uh yeah, I hope we get to do a, a sequel, as it were, to that episode. I felt like we uh, we could have continued talking for about a week and we probably still wouldn't have run out of stuff to chat about. So um, so yeah, big thank you to him for, uh, for sitting down with us. Thank you to you guys for tuning in. As always, if you liked what you heard today, you can drop us a review on your platform of choice. Uh, if you have any guest suggestions or topics you want us to cover, hit us up at shout at animuspodcast.com or drop one of us a message on uh, social media. We're going to round out today's episode with a track from Grendel themselves. Uh, this is off their latest record Ascending the Abyss out now on Infected Records. This song is called Caught in the Middle. I hope you guys enjoy.